Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Andrea Dennis, and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. As you know, I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, but on Saturday, especially ones that are sunny and bright, and soon winter will be in our rear view mirror. I can feel it. Um, but soon we're going to go ahead and um, talk to our guests. We are very, very fortunate to have a special individual with us today. Um, and again, we're going to take a little different turn from some of the things that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks ago. We talked about some really new and um, revolutionary medications that are being used for osteoarthritis in some of in our dogs and cats. And so this is what we continue to do, try to bring something that's new, something that's going to really help you at home. And what, to, what one of the things that I have been seeing a lot of is a lot of anxiety issues with a lot of dogs post-COVID. I mean, we've dealt with anxiety with dogs and cats, but it really has been on the rise as far as I'm concerned this is just my own judgment from what I see coming through the door some of the phone calls I get so I thought it was very important that we talk to a specialist 
And we are very, very fortunate to doctor, have Dr. Allie, well, Allison is her true name. We'll find out what she likes to be called, Salzer. And she has a PhD in animal and behavior analyst, and she's a certified applied animal behaviorist. And she is the founder and owner of Canine Behavioral Blueprints. Welcome, Dr. Salzer. Oh, thank you so much for having me on and for the very warm welcome. And Allie is totally fine. I joke that I only am called Allison when I'm in trouble. Well, Allie fits you perfect, but I think also um, you are a doctor, so we'll refer to you as Dr. Selzer, which I think um, when one works as hard as they do, getting their degrees, it's earned and it's deserved. So again, as I was alluding to in the beginning, um, I am just seeing issues. So can you explain to me that as an animal behaviorist, what do you feel needs to, um, how can you best help our patients? Yeah. And I think in order to best answer that question, it will be helpful to provide the listeners with a little bit of background of what I do. Yes. Um, and I think that'll tie in beautifully to how I can help. Sure. And so um, I know that maybe these certifications that I present are a little bit novel to some folks because certified applied animal behaviorists, um, although it is in a prestigious credential, and I'd love to talk a little bit about that. There aren't that many. There are actually about 50 practicing certified applied animal behaviorists in the United States. Mm -hmm. And a certified applied animal behaviorist is someone who has had a minimum of five years of experience working with their population of interest. So in my case, it's companion animals, mostly dogs. But we have those that are like equine specialists, as an example. Um, And as a part of that, you must also have an advanced degree in animal behavior or ethology. And so um, that would be like a PhD in behavioral psychology in my um, example. And as well as demonstration of peer-reviewed literature and other advancements in the field. So all of those things come into play when talking about somebody who has these credentials. And that's important because somebody like me and another cab would have the expertise to address some of the concerns and the anxiety that you're reporting, um, coming from it from a very evidence-based and empirical perspective rather than maybe just anecdotes. And I think that coming from a very science-based perspective to address some of these problems is the most effective means of doing so. Well, when I first saw your name, um, you know, I recognized the PhD, you know, because you have like 23 alphabets after your name. So a PhD I recognized, and then you just referred to CAB. And so there is, I appreciate you explaining um, these, these certifications and the degrees, because again, it is something that, and I think I have been sort of in the middle of animal health and animal behavior for decades. So this is, and it, it sounds like the, the qualifications are, I mean, you really, it's quite rigorous. Yes, it most definitely was. It was a career goal of mine to become a cab for that reason, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be considered an expert in the area. And to do so, there's a bunch of different behaviors that we must engage in, both working directly with the um, organisms of interest, so our furry family members. (laughs) There there are organisms. (laughs) Yes. And as well as taking the academic approach and having that experience through graduate level training. 
Excellent. Well, we're so happy to have you. Again, the need is there, and I'm sure people that are, are listening, um, we're going to kind of, if you hopefully you can stay with us for the uh, for the entire show because we're going to kind of, we'd like to kind of see how this movement of some of the issues you're having at home with your pets, how we can work with a specialist like Dr. Selzer and your veterinarian because it is going to be a team effort, but it's real. So let me just ask you then, what is behavior analysis and applied animal behavior then? Yes. So behavior analysis is the field of study in which behavior is our area of interest. So we mm-hmm. look at behavior as an area to be studied and not necessarily just a manifestation of maybe an emotional state. Okay. And the reason that's so important is we can't ask our dogs how they're feeling. Right. We have to use their behavior in order to understand what might be going on. And so by using behavior analysis, which looks at the environmental variables that Mm -hmm. play a role in behavior, Mm -hmm. and of course the behavior of our pets, (laughs) um, we are able to solve some of these problems by maybe making environmental manipulations or changing the consequences. And like you had alluded to, we're definitely gonna dive into some of that today. (laughs) You got it. Well, one of the things that we, um, and it's a tough situation, and I'm gonna kind of, you know, try to get, it's a hard topic, is the situation where I will have um, children in a home and there has been a bite mm-hmm. where the dog has bitten either it's a new infant, not that this necessarily bit the child, but there all of a sudden this is a behavior of biting that wasn't there before. Um, you know, and I feel that, and right or wrong on my part, I always feel that if there has been, if a child has been bitten, um, that you just don't take that chance a second time. And I know that's kind of a hard line, but that's before we've had experts like yourself. So can you tell me something like that? If a child is bitten in a home, how would you handle something like that? What kind of questions do you ask? What do you look for when you're observing the home situation? Yeah. And so um, what I do as a part of Canine Behavioral Blueprints is exactly that. I do in-home visits. And so I'm able to assess the behavior in the home. I know you probably have a little bit of a different perspective with them talking to you in a clinic. And sometimes you can see things when you're sitting in the home with folks. Right. So in a situation like that, what we really want to look at is how well can the behavior be managed? Are you able to create situations where you aren't going to put the dog or the child in a position of danger because the liability is great in these right. situations? Right. And so, oh, may I interrupt. So is, you're talking about physically separating yes. them at all times? Unless supervised. And Mm. I think that's where it gets a little bit Mm -hmm. more nuanced because depending on the circumstances, if it's a resource guarding situation, you know, keeping everyone separate when food is involved is going to be imperative. Right. But that might not mean that they have to do a crate and rotate situation for the dog's entire life. Okay. Um, But safety, of course, is a paramount concern. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's one of the biggest things is how can we manage the environment to make sure that we keep everyone safe? But your goal is to try to keep everybody in the same home. If we can, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, that's not always the case. And it's such a heartbreaking situation when that does occur. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think having an objective pair of eyes, someone like me being able to come in and have that discussion Right. Maybe we can problem solve, and that would be my goal. Because right. again, these pets are members of the family. 
But we do have to advocate for our own species when a child is involved, of course. But and I always tell parents that when the, when they're in this kind of situation, you you know, yes, this was a little nip, but can you imagine how you would feel if there was a permanent scar over the eye of your child? I mean, where would you be guilt-wise? Mm-hmm. You know, where how would you feel that you you put your child back in that situation, and can you live with that? And, and usually the answer is no. But um, I'm, I'm going to get back to this a little bit more because I think this is very important, you know, for whether it's um, parents that are listening or grandparents that are listening and kind of have had this kind of worry. And, it, and so we're going to deal with this a little bit longer, okay? Of you know, course. But we're going to take a quick break. And I... Um, just for a little, few little commercials, and then we'll come back with more veterinary edition of Pet Talk. When you were eight and you had bad traits, you go to school and learn the golden rule. So why are you acting like a bloody fool? If you get hot, then you must get cool. Welcome back. You're listening, believe it or not, to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, and I am joined by our special guest, Dr. Allie Salzer. Uh, She is a Ph.D. in certified behavior analysis and a certified applied animal behaviorist and also the owner and founder of Canine Behavioral Blueprints. And we've been talking about some serious issues, and I know all behavior is not bad. So even though we had our bumper music that came on talking about bad boys, it's usually that's when you are called as a specialist is when there is unacceptable bad behavior. So uh, I know we've got sort of into one specific type of behavior, but maybe you can um, take us through your process. When somebody calls about a specific behavior, how do you approach that case? How do you approach, uh, I know you go into the home. So how is that done? So um, I think what we had chatted a little bit about in that prior segment was, you know, one example. And in those examples, I think it's important for the listeners to be aware that each example is different. Each case is different. Right. And so, of course, there are general procedures to go through. And the first thing is acquiring information from the individual. And so I do have a pretty thorough intake form that Mm -hmm. I have all clients fill out before I even meet with them. And that gives me a good idea about what is going on. And in terms of what's going on, not only do I care about the behavior itself, whether Mm -hmm. that's a nip, a bite, fear-based behavior, I also care deeply about what is happening right before the behavior and what happens after. Because that's how we're going to manipulate the environment in ways to change the behavior. Mm -hmm. And so that intake form is really helpful because I can get an idea before even walking in, like maybe what's going on. And then once I'm in the home, I'm able to, you know, narrow that down even further. So an owner fills out that intake form for me before I even walk into the house. How many pages is that intake oh, form? Oh, goodness. It's <laughs> almost 100 questions. Okay. It's I, pretty intense. It, I think we need to make sure people understood this realistically because we used to do a lot with Tufts when they used to have, remember, faxes? When mm-hmm. They used to, you know, kind of analyze a patient for us behaviorally by clients answering questions and then we would tie in with our medical examination and we'll touch on that about where the medical side of this fits in here and um it, it was pages and because you need that information and you need those questions answered to try to get that pre 
before you put your hand on the animal. Exactly. Yes. So I am looking for something that's quite thorough. And to your point, it's not going to be a quick sit down two minute survey. Mm -hmm. It is going to take a little bit of time, but it does pay off because it allows me to see those individual nuances and best support the client once I'm in the home. I have, um, you know, we were talking about um, a, a nip um, versus a bite. I don't know if that makes a difference in, in your in your expert eyes. Uh, but until someone can reach out to you and get set up and get have someone come into the home and examine the situation, uh, do you have us? What would, what would you recommend that I recommend to say to the owner? Yeah, so looking at that example where a dog might nip a child, the yes. best thing to do in that circumstance until you are able to get you know some professional eyes on the situation mm-hmm. would be to keep them separated. Okay. You just don't want to run the risk of pushing either the child too far or the dog too far and having that behavior escalate. Right. Um, and once you have that guidance from a professional, you know, they might have different recommendations and help you very systematically reintroduce. Mm-hmm. Um, but until you have somebody in the home that understands how to address those behaviors, we just don't want to run the risk of something else happening. On the medical side of that situation, when I get that phone call and it's a new behavior, it's not necessary that it's a newborn that's coming into the home and um the, the, the patient or the dog or cat is showing some unusual behaviors. That's one thing. We're talking about a, a, a child that's been in the home, but and all of a sudden this has happened, and from what we could see, it was not um, aggravated. Like the child didn't try to take the dog's toy out of its mouth or try to get into its food bowl. Uh, I, I usually, we do start with the physical exam. We tell our clients to make sure that we want to see the dog. Uh, or cat, um, and we do a physical exam and some blood tests. And we also, um, looking at um, an area of hypothyroidism is something that we have seen, um, and where that can change their, having a low thyroid can change their attitude. There can change, sometimes it, we've seen some minor aggression because of that. Yeah, and I think that leads beautifully into my role as a cab. I do often collaborate with vets, and part of my intake form involves acquiring information about the vet. And if it is something that seems to have come up kind of suddenly, or as you had mentioned, it didn't appear to be aggravated, I do ask about when was the last vet check? Can I see the full vet records? Not just a vaccination record, but I want to see what is going on. And usually at that point, I can at least parse apart, okay, this dog hasn't been evaluated in close to a year. We should go do a full vet workup before I even, you know, approach the issue. Right. And um, at that point, then the vet is on board and we can collaborate through the process. And collaboration is, I, I love that word, uh, because again, this is, I, I, I can't be a specialist in every, every aspect of, of animal care, but to work with a specialist like yourself is just such a help. It's, it's so needed. And uh, the other thing that I tend to see when there's a changed behavior with people in the house between animal and humans is living with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a uh, veterinarian specialist from Pfizer or Zoetis is the animal um, subsidiary for uh, Pfizer. Um, and we talked about osteoarthritis and all of a sudden it can really become an, an issue where they're painful. And so if you have, you know, you reach for their hips and all of a sudden they're turning around and biting or they're just not feeling well because of other issues too besides pain. 
Yeah, and I think the interaction between medical issues and behavior is so intricate where you might have something that is able to be resolved through a medical intervention. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it, and the problem solved. But then you also have situations where the behavior has now been learned. So let's think about the example where reaching towards and touching the hips may have been painful. Even if you are able to resolve that issue, that behavior has now been learned and or there's an association where in the past when somebody's reached towards the hips, it has been painful and you still have this behavior that's occurring. And so that's where it can be important to make sure that you're looking at the organism, of course, as a whole, as I know the vets do, and that the um, problem might not be resolved as simply as through a medical intervention. Right. So that even beyond, even though you think you have a handle on it, you have to just be very careful that they it, it stays ingrained on, on them and they have to learn to trust the next time you touch them, it's going to be A-OK. Yes. I think that's really important. And I know your area, your, your really like your strong area is with canines. That's what you like you work with. We but just uh, I know we get a calls here quite often with um, cats and inappropriate urination or inappropriate defecation, meaning they're not going in their litter box. And and it can take two hours just discussing that and those different options. Um, but even once we, if it is, say, a urinary tract infection that started the whole thing, we often tell our clients, but still now we have to work in having them trust that the litter box is not going to hurt so much. Exactly. All right. Well, then, then thank you so much. We've um, time for our news. We have to take a hard, hard break. So we're going to have more pet talk with Dr. Salzar. So come on back in a few minutes at WTIC News Talk 1080. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
play a little Michael Jackson. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital and welcoming you back. It is... um, it's my my honor, and it's been a delight speaking uh, with our guest, Dr. Ali Salzer, um, because we're talking about some truly problematic behaviors that I encounter as a veterinarian, and I work with some many different combinations of medications, and but yet I don't have the expertise. And I don't have, quite honestly, the time to go into people's homes and to kind of analyze what that situation is. And it's really, we're very, very fortunate that we do have Dr. Salzar in the area that could do just that. Come and see some of these very difficult um, situations. And that's part of your approach is you, you can't do this over the phone. You can't do this on the air. You have to see it, correct? Yes, Um, It is important to be able to observe the behavior as well as, you know, what happens before and after to give the best look for treatment. Excellent. Um, Before we go on to talk about a couple more kind of specific types of cases, you know, I knew when I was four years old that I wanted to become a veterinarian. That was just something that I saw uh, one of my kittens in at at that young age that had a difficult situation, and I remember going um, to the veterinarians and it, it just watching. It was a as a doctor. Um, oh gosh, uh, oh gosh, the name just escapes me, but it'll come back. Um, They're in Bloomfield, but he was so gentle with the kitten. He made them sure the kitten the kitten had ear mites. Okay, so it was so. But yet I was able to bring the kitten home and everything was fine. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to make a difference. I want to, I loved animals and I wanted to see how can I help. So I'm going to ask you, Dr. Salzer, why did you choose this area for your profession? You know, I grew up with pets in the mm-hmm. home from little on. And I feel like as a small child, there was an interest in maybe becoming a vet at one point. But I think for me, what was so cool was to be able to see the behavior change in an instant by using like treats, for example. Okay. And so teaching my puppy how to go to place or and then being excited and showing my parents what I just taught the puppy (laughs) was always really exciting. But I think I initially thought that pet training was going to be more of a hobby. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, that was what a lot of folks thought. Mm -hmm. And it was something that you did on top of your day job. Right. And then I went to college and I had no idea what behavior analysis was. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stumbled upon that through an internship at the local shelter. Okay. And at the shelter, unfortunately, this is a pretty sad story. I fell in love with a dog and he was euthanized due to behavior issues because the shelter just did not have the resources. Right. And that really stuck with me. Okay. And in, I think it was that moment with Richie, that boxer mix yeah. that I will never forget, mm-hmm. um, that I knew that I wanted to make a difference in this way. Mm-hmm. And that sent me on a trajectory to obtain my PhD. And most of the programs with behavior analysis have been involved with people. You may have heard of applied behavior analysis working with yes. kids with autism, mm-hmm. but the science is so much more vast than just kids with autism. And I wanted to take that information and the science and apply it into a different field. And that's a much smaller, applied animal behavior is a much smaller field. Well, I think that it's, we're again, reassured that you're here to help us. 
And I'd like to then, uh, Dr. McDonald, that was the name of the doctor. I knew it would come back to me. They were there forever, he and his brother. I think his brother or his um, cousin. But anyways, uh, Dr. McDonald was the veterinarian that I went to when I was a little girl and just kind of changed, knew what I wanted to do. Every paper, every little drawing I did from then on was, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? So I've been very fortunate It's because sometimes it's really easier if you know what you want to do. I I kind of know people that kind of struggle with their choices for careers, and I've always felt very fortunate and lucky that this all worked out for me. So that's why we do this on Saturdays, (laughs) because I'm grateful. So I think I, I know we have a little bit of time before we have to take that break, but can we talk, start talking about how you, say you and I working together? Because like I mentioned um, when we first came back from the break, I mentioned that I will use certain medicines to kind of help. Um, we're using quite a bit of something called gabapentin for, for dogs that have anxiety just walking through the door. And, um, and then we're seeing more of that during COVID where dogs that just never went out, they never went to other people's homes, they just stayed in their house. And it's just nice little anti-anxiety medicine takes the edge off. They love coming in because my belief is that every time they have an anxiety situation, it just helps build on it for the next time it's going to happen. And you can tell me you're totally wrong, Dr. Dennis. But, yeah, that's my belief. But how would how would we handle a case together that say I know that there's a medical problem, for example, um, I've seen some behavior changes with a disease called Addison's, which is hypoadrenocorticism. And there's certain breeds that have it more than others, some Westies that we know have it. Um, so um, Great Danes. So with a situation like that where I know what the disease is, that we're treating the disease, um, and the behavior still exists, the change in behavior. Yeah, I think for something like Addison's, and you and I discussed off air that I have actually had a recent case with this where there was a medical concern, a very dramatic behavior change. The owners mm-hmm. described that it felt like it was overnight. Okay. And so at that point, that's where I would, you know, cue in the veterinarian to do that workup. Okay. And in this instance, that was the diagnosis, it was it. Addison's. And so while the veterinarian was working with that and finding a treatment plan, what had happened was that behavior occurred and was reinforced in the environment, Mm -hmm. meaning that there was a consequence that happened after the behavior that helped maintain it and continue it. And so even though the medical treatment side was, you know, progressing in the way Mm -hmm. that the vets would advise, that behavior was still occurring. And so it did involve, you know, some emails back and forth with the vet, as well as, you know, a few phone calls to talk about how we wanted to address that. And in this instance, um, with it being Addison specifically, once the medication was where it needed to be for the dog, we were able to do a more strict behavior plan. Okay. I think you've also alluded a little bit to anxiety with COVID, and that seems to be, you know, more of an ongoing issue where it might not feel as quite as resolved as quickly as maybe something or straightforward, I should say, as something like Addison's. And that's where going into the home can be so helpful because sometimes the dog might experience a very anxious event, a stressful event. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you had very accurately described that like (laughs) this can perpetuate the problem and make it worse. (laughs) I was right. So, But there are some circumstances where I walk in and the dog is completely relaxed and might panic only when other cars are around Mm -hmm. or panic only when they see another dog. And that would be an instance where I might have a conversation with the vet and say, hey, like, this is what I'm seeing. It seems very situational. 
and then you know kind of put the ball in your court because that's where my expertise and my scope ends. Right. And you might have an idea for something that might be a good situational medication compared to if I go into the house and the dog just appears anxious as shown by its behavior right. across a lot of different contexts, mm-hmm. then I can report that back to the vet and say, hey, based off of what I'm seeing, I think maybe a medication that's always on board, like an ansiolytic, might be more advisable. And right. again, that's pretty much where I stop because I'm not a vet and I'm not you know, qualified to recommend any specific medication. But I think that's where that collaborative nature can be so helpful, where I see things in the house that you might not necessarily see in the clinic and right. just having that discussion. And I think the, the to have the working together, because I'm not going into the home, and you see so much more than what a client, the owners, will articulate. Uh, I always say that we... I don't feel as a veterinarian or I personally am the smartest person in the room, but I am the most observant person in the room because that's my job is to observe our patients. And there are things that I will pick up, um, whether it's a dog coming in with a slight little lameness that the owners don't even recognize because it's so gradual when it happens at home. But when you have outside eyes coming in to see it, um, you just have to get a whole different perspective. So that's great. Um, and so you're right now you're kind of working in the Hartford County area. Is Do you have like sort of a, uh, what was it? Do you have a limit and where you'll travel? That's a great question. <laughs> I um, At this point, I describe my servicing area as 25 miles in the radius of Middletown. Okay. And part of that is my husband is at Quinnipiac. So oh. I do tend to go down south towards Hamden, North okay. Haven. And okay. I do love that area as well. But I also have had clients that are technically outside of that servicing area. And we've just discussed, you know, a travel fee to accommodate for that time. But right. my goal is to be as helpful as possible. And I don't want there to be a hard line where you're 26 miles. <laughs> I can't help you. I'm sorry. That's right. not why I got into this. Well, again, there's a lot of towns within 25 miles of, of uh, Middletown, that's for sure. And again, I think it also depends on what highway, if there is a highway versus all back roads. That's true. Listen, we have to take a quick break, Dr. Salzer, but then I would really love you to come kind of bring us to the top of the show. Are you willing to stay around? Of course. Okay, fantastic. So um, we're going to go ahead and take that quick break, but then come back and have more pet talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Got a girl in Welcome back. I can't believe the hour is almost over. We only have about 10 more minutes here on Pet Talk. Before we move forward, though, I have to thank Justin Levine for the a very appropriate bumper music with our topic, talking about how we work um, professionally with a behavior issues that I see in my veterinary practice with Dr. Ali Salzer. And I also want to thank Kevin Corza for oh, doing a fabulous job producing this show and making sure things are running smoothly. We, we've got so much information to cover. I it was not um, I haven't asked the audience to call in, but I think for another time it would be great to be able to open up the phone lines and we can discuss some of these matters. Uh, so Dr. Ali Salzer, she is the owner and founder of Canine Behavioral Blueprints. And we were talking about some difficult behaviors, not just aggression, but sometimes even, you know, urinating in inappropriate places. But how, once you devise your plan, and I know the answer is going to be, it, it's not set in stone, but how long of a process does this generally take to get your dog or cat back where they should have been? 
Yes. And I think, <laughs> you know, the cop out answer is it depends. Okay. Um, but I think to maybe give listeners a better idea and some guidance would be typically my programs that do involve more severe problem behavior mm-hmm. are four sessions in length. So the okay. first one is very much that assessment and evaluation in the home. And a lot of times we can at least start on a behavior plan. And I'd like to see the client within a week um, so that we can actually start to implement that behavior plan. Mm-hmm. At that point, the second half of the program, those second two sessions, do tend to be a little bit more flexible and that I like to have a few weeks in between so that the owners have a chance to actually practice yes. what we've been working on. Um, and in the interim, I think just from my days back at teaching at the University of Kansas, I offer office hours because that's something I used to do for my <laughs> students. So I want everyone to know that they're it. supported through the process. Yeah. Um, and then usually that last session is more of like a troubleshooting what's okay. going on. Now, depending on the level of severity, mm-hmm. you know, you might see changes within a few weeks or even a month or so. And for a lot of individuals, you at least see some change. They might not be right back where they were, that immediate baseline. Um, And I think part of that is we don't really think of behavior as having a cure. It Mm -hmm. is a part of their history now. Right. But we still want to make sure that they have the highest possible quality of life. Mm -hmm. And that involves, you know. Normal having normal species typical <laughs> behavior, um, so I'd say you know I can't guarantee, and any ethical trainer wouldn't guarantee uh, a certain level of behavior change, but we do see behavior change pretty quickly, oh, good. and that can in a positive direction. Yes, okay, more often than not, of course. Okay. Um, and I think with that, you know, that can be encouraging. Where it's like maybe my dog's not quite where I want them to be after a month. But we're seeing change in the right direction. And then that only gets better with time and with what I would call high treatment integrity. Are you actually implementing the plan? It's like, are you brushing their dog's teeth? Exactly. Are you really doing it? Yeah. And again, and they, and sometimes they, you kind of, I, I would assume, let your clients know that, hey, if we may need a refresher. This is what I would, you know, kind of like look for if we need to kind of like work, continue working on. Yes. And I do offer follow up sessions after the fact because sometimes people do just want right. or need a check in. Mm-hmm. And that's important that they have that support through the entire process because it isn't always going to be, all right, in a month things are perfect. Well, and. One of the things that I tend to, um, like I mentioned, medications, uh, I, I I do think they play a role. But I tell people when we have this ish, this much of an intense behavioral issue, I want to make sure I'm not going to prescribe medications unless they are working with a behaviorist because it's not one is not you need both of them together in some situations and well actually most situations when it comes to my attention. And there are certain drugs that I do feel that need to be on board all the time, like just every single day. They just kind of need it to smooth out the edges. And others where you can give it prior to whatever is going to be the trigger. So that's my area of, of expertise. I know there's drugs like, you know, and there's human drugs that we kind of use in, in the animal kingdom. Uh, we do. I, I'm personally not a, a fan of Xanax. I think I can get very unpredictable predictable responses but we we've, we have doggy Prozac we, like I said we have gabapentin we have some of these things and um, we have a lot of calls around fireworks around noise and there's some veterinary prescription medicines like celio that's that's available for that so let's work together on that one I know I do the prescribing but <laughs> we'll make that the case 
So one of the things that we are seeing still lots of puppies and kittens, and we recommend some some training at a young age. Can you tell the difference between, because Lori Fess is here on alternate Saturdays, and she is our certified uh, pet trainer. Um, But the difference between a trainer and uh, a behavior as a doctor like yourself. Yes. And I think to start us out, one thing that I would like the listeners to at least be aware of is that unfortunately the pet training industry is unregulated. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to have a credential in order to become a dog trainer. And Lori's phenomenal in that she does have the credentials. And so um, that would be something when you just look for a dog trainer, having somebody that's had some credentialed experience is right. really important. Yes, I agree. Um, regarding, you know, maybe when to choose a behaviorist compared to a trainer, you know, the trainer's general area of expertise tends to be teaching new behaviors. Mm-hmm. And those behaviors might be more appropriate alternatives to maybe problematic behavior. But oftentimes those behaviors that are being taught might not be getting at you know the issue itself like the core issue in some cases it might be like teaching a dog not to jump on you to get attention for sitting instead of jumping would be a great example of where that alternative behavior might be you know perfect and having um a trainer work with the individual but there are other situations where things might be a little bit more complex where just teaching an alternative behavior isn't mm-hmm. enough right and getting at the function of the behavior and finding out maybe what is going on from that antecedent that what happens before the behavior level and manipulating some of the things that are happening after the behavior um, in order to change you know the dog's viewpoint like the stress level around that is going to be a little bit more in-depth than just teaching a dog to sit when it sees maybe another dog that it's excited to say hi to. You know, in my world, I have people that will just think that it's a behavioral change, but it's often medical. You know, the, the dog that doesn't want to jump on the couch anymore, and we talked about osteoarthritis, and when we treat, when they mention that, I start thinking medical because um, that's obviously my job. The, the other thing, too, is, and I don't know how much you work with, we see a, as in our elderly patient world, we see a lot of cognitive dysfunction. And there I, again, work with, on the medicinal side and at least ask people to try it. Um, but I, do you, have you seen that in your practice so far where it's really they're getting older? I'm yes. not going to call it Alzheimer's, but, you know, they get confused. Mm-hmm. And that's why their behavior changes. Not that they're trying to do anything wrong. That It's just confusion. I absolutely love that you bring this up because okay. I think most people talk about behavior problems with, like, puppies and adolescent dogs. Mm-hmm. But um, this canine, you know, dysfunction that you're describing yeah. We do see it, and there are ways that we can try to prevent that through very specific catered enrichment towards senior dogs. Oh, wow. Because it is a little bit different. You can't do a full-on agility course with a dog that's 12, (laughs) just as an example. (laughs) But there are other activities that you can do to at least slow some of the decline and make sure that the last few years that you have with your companion are, again, best quality of life, and they aren't engaging in some of that confusion or other symptoms that you might be seeing in a clinic. Right. So you're kind of like giving them little things, um, little games to kind of keep their mind sharp. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Like food puzzles. Is that part of That is part of it. Okay. And adapting, you know, other enrichment activities so that it's at the level of the dog that they can do. Right. 
um, you know, nose work, other things, but maybe decreasing the response effort so that it's still fun for the dog. They are capable of doing it. And then it, again, promotes, you know, some of that mental stimulation. Um, and, and, well, I'm not going to put you on the spot because I know we, we've got diets that are coming out, too, that are um, are kind of being marketed as helping with the, with that, the brain activity. I, I have to tell you that I never I, sometimes, you know, shame on me. That's why we, I love working with a specialist like yourself because I tend to, well, I love this a product called Anapril. So, allegedly, I have seen huge differences, and it really does. Um, again, it's a product put out by Zoetis, and people will see 50% improvement. Like those first um, elderly dogs that start to, you know, like kind of their nighttime becomes day and daytime becomes night, and they can't, you know, the the puppy or the uh, the puppy, the elderly dog is up all night long, pretty much. But then when they get on the medication, it's it's um oh we're getting back to normal. But they have seen okay, there's enough going on with just living with an elderly pet. They've seen a difference in the quality of life. But where I'm disciplining myself is um, the fact that I have never thought about doing games and trying what can we do to slow the process. You know, that's so that's been very, very helpful for me. I have all sorts of ideas how we slow osteoarthritis down, but not that. So thank you so much. We're going to have to do this again. Because I would love to be back. The hour went by and I think we're going to have to um, be able to um, take uh, questions on the air in the future. But listen, I want to thank the audience for listening. Again, it was a little something different. Hopefully, I know my world has been opened up. And I just want to thank Dr. Ali Salzer so much for being here. And again, the name of her company is Canine Behavioral Blueprints. Dot com is a great website to go to and maybe make a little contact. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Parts. <laughs>